بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد سأعز our brother معروف حفظه الله تعالى mentioned that perhaps tonight is our last night of Ramadan if it is the case that the uh, moon for the month of Shawwal is seen tomorrow then Eid will be on Friday and therefore tonight is going to be our last night and therefore it's appropriate for us to mention some of the etiquettes, some of the sunan that are related to Eid, Eid al-Fitr specifically the Salat of Eid as a dhikra, as a reminder for the brothers and the sisters فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ because the reminder, it benefits the believers. So as for the first things that a person should bear in mind, is that on Yom Al-Eid, a person, male or female, should have a ghusl. He should have a, a bath. Just like the bath that he has on Yom Al-Jum'ah. And then he should wear the best clothes that he has. Best clothes and the nicest clothes. Not necessary that they are new. They don't have to be new. If they are new, then that's khair wa baraka. That's good. But it's not a condition that they have to be new. It's not a condition that you have to go to Wimslow Road shopping to get some new clothes for you. If you do, alhamdulillah. But as long as they are from the best of your clothes. Why? Because Eid is a day of celebration. Eid is called Eid because it's taken from the verb Aada Ya'udu, to return. To return. It's something that happens, yani it comes back every year. Every year Eid comes back. The people in Medina, they had two days in the days of Jahiliyyah, where they would play, <coughs> where they would celebrate. So the messenger said, what are these two days? They said, these are our two days of celebration, our two days of Eid. So then the messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam, he informed them that Allah has replaced them with two days that are better. Yom al-Eid and Yom al-Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. So these two days that we have, these two days that are returning back every year, <coughs> and therefore the ihsan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us, returning back every single year. Every single year Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving us an opportunity to celebrate. Every single year Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving us an opportunity to draw closer to Him through the acts of worship that are established on Eid. So these days are a day of celebration. So a person should wear the best clothes that he has. Perfume himself. Perfume himself if you're a male. And likewise, the person, he should eat some dates. Eat some dates before he sets off to go for the Eid Salah. Why? Because today is a day of eating. Today is a day, <coughs> as the Messenger والسلام, said, Yawmu akal wa shurb wa dhikrullahi azza wa jal. Today is a day in a narration that uh, Imam Muqbil declared to be authentic in his Al-Jami Sahih. Today is a day of eating and drinking and making dhikr of Allah Azza wa Jal. As for when the person goes to the musalla, to the area where the salah is going to be established, and the sunnah is that it's established outside in an open area. That's a sunnah of Al-Mustafa alayhi salatu wasalam. If it is the case that it's going to be raining, 
If it's the case that the weather is not going to be suitable to pray outside, then yes, in that circumstance we're going to pray in the masjid. But if it's the case that there are no يعني, preventative matters, then the Eid Salah is going to be established in the outside in the Musalla. The route that a person takes, going to the Musalla, it's the Sunnah that when he comes back, the route should be different. You take one route, going down one certain road, my geography of Bradford isn't too good, but you go down, I don't know, Great Horton Road, and then you come back, for example, via Cemetery Lane, for example. Right, you go via one route, and you, go, you come back through another route. That's a sunnah. Likewise, from the sunnah, is making takbir, is declaring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be great on that day. He says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. You say it, and you say it loudly. You say it, and you say it loudly. And likewise, encourage your children to be saying it as well. The women likewise say it. However, when it's the case that they are near men, when it's the case that their voices are going to be heard by men, then they quieten their voices. When you get to the musalla, then we wait for the khatib, for the imam to arrive. And thus we continue saying the takbir. Not saying it in an intentional unison. Not saying it together in one group, together in one voice. If it's the case that when you're saying it, it coincides when somebody else is saying it, that's not a problem. But not intentionally saying it in, in unison. Everybody's saying it loud. Everybody's saying it loud. Up until the imam arrives. When the imam arrives, then he'll pray two raka'at. In the first raka'ah, he'll make seven takbirat. In the second, he'll make five. If it's the case that the imam forgets to make the takbirat, are you meant to correct him? If it's the case that the imam, he forgets to make the additional takbirat, are you meant to correct him? No. Why not? Because it's from the sunnah. It is from the sunnah. It is not from the wajibat, it's from the sunnah. So if it's the case that the imam ends up forgetting to say the takbirat, then nobody needs to make tasbih, nobody needs to say subhanallah in order to remind him. after the imam, he shall give a khutbah, a sermon, as was the sunnah of the messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam and the khulafa that came after him, al khulafa al-rashidun after him. First you pray the salah, two raka'ah, then after that the khutbah. The khutbah, is it the case that you have to listen to it? It's mandatory? No, it's not mandatory. However, however, when are you going to get these type of opportunities to be in a, يعني, in a place, in a big gathering like this, a gathering of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where the shi'ar of Islam are being manifested and listening to a khutbah in that type of environment, you're not really going to get it other than these two Eids. Therefore, a person is encouraged to stay there and to listen to the khutbah However, it's not mandatory for him. If he, if he wants to get up and leave, he can get up and he can, he can leave. Likewise, from those matters that need to be mentioned is the fact that this here is not just for the men. Not only are the men encouraged to come and attend Eid, Salatul Eid, Al-Fitr Wal-Adha, but likewise the women. The women are likewise encouraged. Even if the women are upon their monthly cycle, 
If it's the case that the woman, she's on her monthly cycle, she comes to the Eid, Salah, but she just doesn't pray, she doesn't partake in the prayer, and she sits aside away from the Musalla area. But even the women, when they're on their menses, are likewise encouraged uh, to come and attend the Salat al-Eid. As for today's hadith from this book of Imam al-Bukhari al-Adab al-Mufrad, and obviously today is going to be the final day, inshallah ta'ala, of our reading from this book of Imam al-Bukhari's al-Adab al-Mufrad. Today will be our final reading from this book. <coughs> Inshallah ta'ala, hopefully our brother Abu Ma'ath Taqweem Wafaqahullah will be back uh, tomorrow from his travels and then Inshallah ta'ala he will benefit us uh, with his company tomorrow. So today this will be our last reading from the hadith of Imam al-Bukhari's al-Adab al-Mufrad. And it is a narration, a statement <coughs> A statement of Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. يَقُولُ يُبْسِرُ أَحَدُكُمْ الْقَضَاهِ فِي عَيْنِ أَخِيهِ Abu Hurairah, he said, One of you, he sees, he notices, he identifies the qadah, the speck in his brother's eye. He notices the speck of filth of dirt, of dust, in his brother's eye, but he forgets the jithal, the stump, and the jithal, the trunk that's in his own eye. And then the sub-narrator Abu Ubaid, he said, al-jithal al-khashabah al-aliyah al-kabira. Al-jithal, that's the, a big, long, Piece of wood, stump of a tree, visible. The trunk of a tree, visible, big and long, you can see it. So this here, Sheikh uh, Zaid, he says, Sheikh Zaid al-Madkhali, he says, This narration here of Abu Huraira, it indicates the necessity of being busy and preoccupied with one's own faults before the faults of others. Being busy, being preoccupied, mushtaghil, busy with your own shortcomings, with your own faults, with your own weaknesses, before being busy and being preoccupied with the faults, the shortcomings, the weaknesses of others. And look at the wording that he uses. يُبْسِرْ أَحَدُكُمَ الْقَذَىٰ One of you sees and notices the qadha, the speck in his brother's eye. How do you notice a speck in your brother's eye? This brother here, he's sitting a meter and a half from me. If there was a speck in his eye, could I notice it? You have to go close and you have to stare with intensity. Stare with intensity. You have to look really hard. You have to have good eyesight. And look really hard to be able to see the speck of dust or filth of dirt that's in his eye. But then look how Abu Huraira he describes this person concerning his own faults. 
but he forgets the stump, the trunk that's popping out of it, his own eye. So a person, indicating by way of that, a person, he have his own big faults. I, I'm going to have my own big weaknesses, my own big shortcomings, my own big faults, massive ones, enormous ones, like a massive tree trunk. A tree trunk, everybody sees it. But now I'm going to concentrate, forget my own, and I'm going to concentrate on the faults of my brother, the weaknesses of my brother, the shortcomings of my brother. Wait for that slip to happen. Wait for that slip and that mistake to occur. Pursuing that mistake. Searching for that mistake. For example, a person, he openly he disobeys his parents. Openly he speaks bad about his wife. When he's with his friends, he speaks. He uses bad terms about his wife. Everybody sees it. It's apparent. It's manifest. Yet then he has the audacity to say, for example, this is just ala sabilin mithal. He says, for example, so and so, such and such a person, look at him. He doesn't give anything in charity. Look at him. He doesn't give any sadaqah. For example, this is just an example. So he forgets his own big monstrous mistakes and shortcomings and he ends up following the mistakes of others he ends up following the slips the falls of others and as the messenger said man whoever tries to pursue tries to search tries to look out for the faults of his brother then Allah will end up following his shortcomings. Allah will end up pursuing his faults. And whoever has, whoever is, or whenever it is the case that Allah follows and pursues and the shortcomings of a person, He'll end up exposing him. Even if it's in the depths of his own, of his own house. And this doesn't mean that a person doesn't enjoy the good and doesn't enjoy, uh, forbid the evil. Sheikh Zaid, he says, you should know, O Muslim, that it isn't considered to be following the faults of a person, following his mistakes, when a person is warning against the people of bid'ah, those that call to bid'ah in their books, in their authorships, and in their, in their speeches. فَإِنَّ التَّحْذِيرُ مِنْهُمْ سُنَّةٌ قَائِمَةٌ حَتَّى عَلَيْهَا الْوَحْيَانَ الْكَرِيمَانِ Why? Because warning against the people of Bid'ah that is an established sunnah that has been mentioned in the two noble revelations, the book and the sunnah. لِأَنَّ تَرْكْ ذِكْرَ الْمُبْتَدِعْ لِلتَّحْذِيرُ مِنْهُ تَرْكٌ لِلْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِي عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ Because leaving off mentioning the innovator not mentioning an innovator, 
not warning against an innovator, and that is you leaving off in joining the good and forbidding evil. So Sheikh Zaid, rahimahullah, he then says, فَالْفَهَمَ الْفَهَمْ يَا أُمَّةَ الْإِسْلَامِ لِيَحْصُلْ, لِيَحْصُلْ لَدَيْنَا التَّمْيِيزِ بَيْنَ الْمَأْمُورَاتِ وَالْمَنْهِيَاتِ وَبَيْنَ التَّحْذِيرِ مِنَ الْمُبْتَدِعَاتِ وَتَتَبْعُ الْعَوْرَاتِ Therefore, O Muslim, understanding, understanding. We need to have understanding. We need to have understanding so that we can distinguish, make a difference between those things that are commanded those things that are prohibited. We need to gain understanding so that we can distinguish between following the faults of a Muslim and between warning against the people of Bid'ah. But the main thing here, the main thing related to this narration of Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu is what? It is looking at our own faults, taking ourselves to account. As Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, Hasibu anfusakum qabla an tuhasabu. Take yourselves to account before you are taken to account. Wazinu anfusakum qabla an tuzanu. Weigh yourselves before you shall be weighed. A day is going to come very soon when your, day, when your deeds are going to be weighed. But Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu is saying, weigh your own self right now. Why you have the chance? Before your deeds are weighed, before you are weighed. وَتَزَيَّنُوا لِلْعَرْضِ الْأَكْبَرِ حَاسِبُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ قَبْلَ أَن تُحَاسَبُوا وَزِنُوا أَعْمَالَكُمْ قَبْلَ أَن تُوزَنُوا فَإِنَّهُ أَهْوَنُ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الْحِسَابِ غَدًا أَن تُحَاسِبُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ الْيَوْمِ Because it's going to be easier your reckoning, your reckoning, your accounting, it's going to be easier tomorrow on Yawm Al-Qiyamah if it is the case that you reckon yourself right now, today. And adorn yourself, get ready for the great presentation. The day which you shall be presented before Allah and no deed of yours no deed of yours, no action of yours, no statement of yours, no belief of yours shall be hidden. Umar ta'ala anhu, he's telling us here to, he's admonishing us here to take ourselves to account. He himself will take himself to account. Umar ibn al-Khattab ta'ala anhu, even though the messenger had guaranteed him paradise, on an occasion, he was with Anas ibn Malik ta'ala anhu. Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says that we came to a ha'it, we came to a garden that had an enclosed wall. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he enters into the ha'it, he enters into the enclosed garden. Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he's outside. However, Anas could hear Amir al-Mu'minini, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, talking to himself. You know what he was saying? He says to himself, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar ibn al-Khattab, Amir al-Mu'mineen, He says, Umar, the son of al-Khattab, leader of the believers, Amir al-Mu'mineen, 
Bravo. He's, he's rebuking himself here. When he's saying this, he's rebuking himself. People, they call you the leader of the believers. Well done, Ya Umar. Bravo, Ya Umar. You better fear Allah, O son of Al-Khattab. Otherwise, Allah will surely punish you. This is who? Umar ibn Al-Khattab, Rabbi Allah Ta'ala, who doesn't need any introduction, but he is reprimanding himself. He is censuring himself. He is blaming himself. Why? Because a person, he should look at his own faults before he looks at anybody else. He should take himself to him, himself to account before trying to weigh the deeds of other people. A person should have what? Su'avvan. A person should have evil thoughts. About his brothers? No. About your brothers? Good thoughts. But about yourself? Evil thoughts. About yourself? Negative opinion. Negative thoughts. How deficient I am. How sinful I am. How neglectful I am. Because we all know each other. We have a... Uh, 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 in front of the brothers, no doubt there's a certain mannerism that we have. When you're at home, your family, they know you much better than the brothers do. They know those weaknesses of, you, of yours. They know those shortcomings of yours. More than your family now. You know your shortcomings now. Things that your family doesn't even know. You know where you fall short. You know your weaknesses. And then more than yourself, things that you're ignorant of, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about you. So because of that, we have Surah Al-Dhan concerning ourselves. And as Ibn Al-Qaim rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, the reason why we need to have Surah Al-Dhan of ourselves is because having husnavan of ourselves, having good opinion of ourselves, having good thoughts about ourselves and being self-satisfied with what we do, that will prevent us from making absolute and true taftish of our soul. It will prevent us from investigating our soul, having an investigation of our soul. If it's the case that we had husnavan, if it's the case that we have good thoughts of ourselves, then we're going to end up thinking and seeing our bad deeds as good deeds. We're going to see our faults as being, as being acts of uh, kamal, acts of completion, acts of perfection. Faults are going to appear to us as being acts of completion, of perfection. And thus we find that the Salaf, Ridwanullah Ta'ala alayhim, they would reprimand themselves, they would rebuke themselves, themselves, own selves, personally, individually. One of the Salaf, he said, I, I thought of 100 good traits. I thought of 100 good traits. Not one of them did I find in my own self. From the Tabi'een, Yunus ibn Ubaid. I thought of 100 traits, 100 good traits that a Muslim should have. Not even one of them did I find in myself. Another one he said, if it was the case... That sins had a stench, had an odor, had a smell. Nobody would be able to, to sit next to, sit next to me. That is how we're meant to be doing. 
looking at our own faults. This doesn't mean that you don't enjoy the good and forbid the evil. An evil is happening, you forbid it. If it's happening in private, forbid it in private. If it's happening in public, forbid it in public, no doubt. But as far as looking for faults, searching for faults, pursuing the faults, that is something that is prohibited. Rather, a person, he looks for his own faults and he takes himself to account before he himself is taken to account. Imam Ahmad rahimahullah ta'ala, on an occasion, one of his students, they come up to him and they say, what do you think of these lines of poetry? What do you think of these lines of poetry? He said, what are they? So then they recited the lines of poetry. إِذَا مَا قَالَ لِي رَبِّي تَعْصِينِي تُخْفِي الذَّنْبَ عَنْ خَلْقِي وَبِالْعِسْيَانِ تَأْتِينِي If it is the case, the poet he said, إِذَا مَا قَالَ لِي رَبِّي If it is the case, when it will be the case that my Lord will say to me, إِذَا مَا قَالَ لِي رَبِّي أَمَسْتَحْيَيْتَ تَعْصِينِي Do you have no shame? Of disobeying me. Allah will say to me, Do you have no shame in disobeying me? You conceal your sins from creation. But with disobedience is how you come and approach me. So in that report that has been attributed to Imam Ahmad, Imam Ahmad, he continued to repeat those lines of poetry. إِذَا مَا قَالَ لِي رَبِّي يَمَسْتَحْيَيْتَ تَعْصِينِ تُخْفِي الذَّنْبَ عَنْ خَلْقِي وَبِالْعِسْيَانِ تَأْتِينِ Continuously repeating them up until he went to his house and he's repeating them while he's crying. He's repeating them while he's sobbing. Up until he goes into his house and you could still hear him crying while he's in his house. Continuously يُرَدِّدَ الْأَبْيَاتِ Continuously repeating these lines of poetry. So the point is, my brothers... And my sisters, may Allah bless me and you, is that we have to take ourselves to account because very soon, very, very soon, we're going to be gone. Very, very soon, just like I'm sitting here right now, perhaps this will be the very place where my body will be lying and then some of you here will be praying salah upon me. Maybe some of the brothers that are in front of me right now, <clears throat> perhaps it could be the case. One of the brothers here, in a few years, in a few days, Allahu A'lam, he'll be lying here and we'll be praying over him, taking him to the cemetery and burying him. <clears throat> so we have to take ourselves to Ikhwan, account Ikhwan. And as far as this Ramadan is concerned, then this Ramadan, the point of it is that it's a, it's a madrasa. It's meant to be a school of learning. It's meant to be an institution of learning. So we have to, whatever we have learned here, we have to now implement it. Whatever we have learned of the father of making dua, whatever we have learned about making muhasaba of the nafs, whatever we have learned about smiling in the face of your brother, being good to your brother, being generous, being good to your family, all of these khisar that we've learned about, the whole point behind all of it is to implement it. We've learned what? We've learned that the one that isn't grateful to people, he's not grateful to Allah. We've learned that the one to whom good is done to, then let him reimburse him, repay him. The one who loves his brother, you should tell him, I love you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With this 
يعني, with that being the case, I believe it is appropriate. Very appropriate. If it's the case that we re- read these narrations, very appropriate it is. And I believe I'm not speaking on my, by myself. I'm speaking most likely on, the, on behalf of everybody, everybody here. No doubt I know that I'm speaking on behalf of the brothers from Nelson because it's, we've, we've mentioned these things ourself, uh, ourselves. That's He's not grateful to Allah, the one who isn't grateful to the people. This masjid that we are in, this increase of iman that we have experienced, this brotherhood that we've experienced, all of this, how has it happened? It's happened as a result of a, few, a group of few men ga- uh, gathering together. And uh, when they were youth, when they were perhaps in their 20s, gathering, gathering together and aiming and working together, working hard, working hard in order to establish this masjid. They didn't have to do so. They didn't have to establish this masjid. They could have continued just supporting their families. They could have continued uh, 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 being abroad if they wanted to. They could have continued just living uh, a life that didn't have the pressure that is tied to running a place like this, establishing a place like this. But they did so. Those men, those women, they did so. They established this masjid when it was the case that they used to pray Eid al-Fitr, Eid al-Abha, Eid al-Fitr just in a small piece of grass on Num Lane. Fifteen of them, ten, fifteen of them at times, ten, fifteen of them on little uh, 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 plastic type of mats. Ten, fifteen of them, maybe three, four women and about ten men. Some of the Boys that are here now at that time they were young boys and now they've grown up some of us some of them are benefiting us now So all of that they didn't have to do that, but they did it and now look at this what we have what they what they have established Everything that they have here everything that is established here That khay that we all enjoy That khay that we are all benefiting from I am benefiting from My family is benefiting from You are benefiting from your women folk, your children, they're all benefiting from why and how? As a result of a band of a few men, young men, at that time, 15 years ago, they got together and they started to establish this project. And now it is established. Every single thing that they, every single thing that is here, we should be grateful to them for it. This carpet, we should be grateful. They chose this carpet. They took into consideration what the worshippers that come in here, what they would prefer. The lighting here, look at the lighting here, these small bits here. These things you can tell, they took us, the ibad, the worshippers into consideration. The car park, the pedestrian uh, walking there, all of these things. They did these things taking us into consideration. La yashkurullah, man la nas. He is not grateful to Allah, the one that isn't grateful to the people. So with that being the case, we have to thank our brothers here. The brothers that established this, this, this da'wah, this markaz of al-Basira. We thank our brother al-Ma'roof. We thank our brother Wasim. We thank our brother Abu Ishaq. We thank our brother, our brother Abid. We thank our brother Salim, Abu Hamid. We thank our brother Abu Ismail Salik. 
We thank the brothers. We thank our brother Afsar. We thank our brother Abdurrahman. We thank our brother Ishaq. We thank these brothers. We thank our brother Rehan Abu Musa. We thank these brothers from the depths of our heart for what they established here that, that we now enjoy today. We didn't, have, we didn't have to do any of this effort here. We're enjoying it. We're taking pleasure in it. But they did it. So we have to thank them for it. We say that we love them for the sake of Allah, for what they have established for us and for our wives and for our children and for generations to come. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.